listen to RTI programs. You can write more than one, but list the most frequent one first. Question number two. Which RTI programs are your favorites? Write no more than three programs. Question number three. Out of a total of five stars, how many stars would you give RTI's English broadcasts overall? And question number four. What are your suggestions for RTI's English programs? Everybody who enters will have a chance to win a prize. Send your answers to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan, 11199. Or send it via email. Our email address is audience01 at rti.org.tw. That's audience and the numbers 0 and 1 at rti.org.tw. Be sure to leave your name, gender, age, and nationality. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Doris Wong is someone from Hong Kong who just moved to Taiwan last year. She originally was studying comparative literature in Hong Kong at the university. But then all that time, she was just thinking about how much she loves movies. So she is now a movie director and is out with her first film called New Turn that just uh, screened last week. Today, we're going to talk more about the making of that movie. But first, she actually did take a cycling trip around Taiwan Island. You know, it's hot and sticky in Taiwan. Yeah. yeah. But it's it not right. so bad if you, you're on a bike. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So there's like wind coming. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It feels better. Yeah. Did it rain? Was the, yes, was the weather? Yes, yes. Did it rain too? Yeah, but Which raining, it's okay, yeah, I think. Yeah, rain is all right. I yeah. Because it's cooler then. Um, so was it from that 14-day trip that you decided where... You want to, you know, like pick the, the places where you want to shoot the movie? No, we actually did another like... Um, scouting trip. Scouting, yeah, location scouting. With your... Trip. With all the crew. Yeah. With the, we did, I think we did twice the going but, around Taiwan and right. look for the locations. But that time was in a car. Yeah. Driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Biking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, how did you get the storyline? How did you decide on the storyline? So first of all, uh, the project, it's uh, about having these young people from Hong Kong, China, and Taiwan together. Mm. So uh, this is um, the idea of from the producer. Mm-hmm. So I got, um, I got to write a story about these characters. And then so I thought of a more reasonable uh, situation for all three, all all these people to come together uh-huh. then um i thought of there's a uh, one of my schoolmates mm. um he went on a biking trip in taiwan before mm. and he told me about that and then i was really interested in it i was like wow how like, i heard about this idea for the very first time like biking around the circumference of taiwan in you know 10 days and yeah. i was really like interested in the idea and then so I thought of this biking trip of my schoolmates and then so I I was like it this might be a really good story for all these characters to you know 
uh, meets. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I started writing. Maybe I should write a story about biking trip yeah. in Taiwan. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So you, you're the one who wrote the storyline. Yeah. You came up with the idea and then directed it yourself, you know? Yeah. Wow, that's that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, they kind of, somebody else threw the script on him and then the director just says, okay, I'll direct this or not, right? But to you, you wrote the story and then you directed yourself too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of directors write this script by themselves now. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Especially in Taiwan, right? I, I, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking more, I guess, like, you know, Hollywood or something. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Hollywood <laughs> is different. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How was the two months, you know, filming this this movie? What was it like? I mean, was there hardship? Were there tears? Were there ang- was there anger? Was there frustration? I mean, what was it like in general? It's very tough. Yeah. But at the same time, um, because the whole crew has to move together like we move a lot like today we're in this city tomorrow we're in another city so uh, we all live together and then they bond very well yeah, yeah, yeah. so in the end they're kind of sad that oh it's done oh, yeah. <laughs> oh it's always like that i know and then some of them definitely cry you know? yeah, yeah yeah and like the actors they cry a yeah. lot when they're done <laughs> But yeah, the the, the process is, was very, very difficult as mm. well. Mm. Um, like there was an accident oh. when when one of the actress was biking and then yeah. she fell yeah. and she just passed out <gasps> for a moment. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So we and then we sent her to the hospital and then... She's okay. She was okay. Yeah, she was okay. Oh. And then I was really scared. Oh, I know. <laughs> You're responsible for everybody's yeah. health. Injuries and accidents and lives yeah. yeah yeah oh it's so much pressure on one person like you well i mean all of you were there any incidents where you had to maybe there was a fight and then you have to get in there and work it out was there any or everybody really got along very well for the two uh, months uh, there there were some but it's kind of normal, minor. normal? <laughs> and minor you're yeah so, and minor too <laughs> you're so used to it right yeah because <laughs> there are so many people on a you know film set mm. so like we have like 80 people oh yeah wow. usually is that a normal size for um i don't know actually i don't know how to compare 80 huh yeah i think it's kind of normal normal yeah wow yeah, sometimes but, but more than that. Together. Sometimes more than that. If we have more uh, actors on set, yeah. yeah. You know, I can't imagine the making of a movie. Now I'm thinking and hearing your story. There's so much that you prepare. There's so much you have to put into it, including like feeding everybody. <laughs> That's very important too. Yeah, right? you want to make but the sure food in Taiwan is very good comparing yeah. to other, so you pe- were other like, places. Yeah. Oh, so wherever you went, you guys ordered biandang. Yeah, like these um, lunch boxes. Lunch boxes. I love the lunch boxes <laughs> in Taiwan. I gained you weight. Gained, I was going to ask you. Yeah. If you gained weight. Yeah, <laughs> I gained weight. A lot of weight after you know finishing oh, really? the project. But every day, it's all just eating biandang lunch boxes. Yeah. There are no like going to restaurants. No, I guess. Yeah, not. yeah, yeah. Sometimes we went to the restaurants. If we finished early. Early. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And try the local, you know, local food, right? Yeah. 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 Now it sounds like a great place to make movies is Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the lunch boxes. Did you have to uh, use food in the movie? No, not really. 
a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. a scene that we went to a, a dessert place. Uh, what place? Pizza place. Dessert. Oh, a dessert, dessert. place. Yeah. yeah. And some so other restaurants. I, yeah. I guess. I guess. I guess. What I want to ask you is it. Did, did you did you need a food stylist? Oh no no because that's not like not a especially not food especially. but we the art director uh will be in charge. Art oh the director. art director yeah right 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 yeah okay okay so not not as heavy a job as a food stylist no because yeah. it's all like yeah anyway oh that's very interesting. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I understand you're actually probably going to be making another movie pretty soon, and I think that's really awesome for someone new as a director like you. You just already, you know, you're about to come up with your first feature, and you're already probably on to your second one. But I'm not going to say anything about that one. But good luck with everything. Thank you. Looks like you're getting the feel of what kind of movie you really like. You try all kinds of different movies, right? All kinds of genre for now, right? Uh, I, only, find- I only make one movie so far <laughs> and then making the second one yeah and the yeah. second one is very different from the first one I know yeah. I know but the thing is that what I'm saying is that maybe you already know what kind of movie you really like to make and that's all the kind of movies you would make but you're more like Ang Lee trying different kinds of movies uh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah I'm just really, starting he's so yeah. bold you know yeah he's really adventurer you know, I, I he, love he his really, movies too. Yeah. yeah, and he's trying all kinds. You know, it's not just one kind of genre of movie that he makes. Yeah. But right, I think you're young. You're an upcoming director. I mean, yeah, I I'm really excited for you. So, Thank you. but um, anyway, now that you're new in Taiwan, I mean, of course you've been here before and everything, but you've settled down in Taiwan. What is it you like about Taiwan? Tell tell our listeners. Uh, a lot. <laughs> Besides the food. <laughs> yeah, Besides the, food, the food. It's right. amazing. Yeah. And the people, people here, uh, they're warm, mm. nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very helpful. Mm. Yeah. It's good for like a newcomer like me <laughs> that, that I'm very welcomed by like the local people here. And uh, they help me a lot with settling down. Yeah. And also um, the... The places, the scenery, the landscape uh, is very beautiful mm. in Taiwan. Mm. Like, I have a son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's two yeah. years old. And then yeah. uh, we always go to the park here. Mm. Yeah, it's when you, you know, live in a place. If the people, the pla- the people are nice, the food is great, and the... Uh, and the uh, landscape and the places are very beautiful. What else can you ask for? <laughs> <laughs> that is already perfect. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's good of you to say all such nice things about Taiwan. Now, um, you know, you were telling me earlier that um, someone had recommended you come to Taiwan and get a feel of how the filming industry is, the environment is, you know, and also the filming culture in Taiwan is. So what have you discovered that's different from maybe Hong Kong and Taiwan, about filming, about casts, about crew, about the environment, about policies? I don't know. Mm, uh, some departments are different. Uh, like, they, uh, yeah, Hong Kong, they have probably less departments because, uh, like, assistant directors would have to do more stuff. 
in, in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like the casting, we have uh, the assistant directors have to do the casting as well. Yeah. And uh, in probably Taiwan and also Hollywood, um, like they have like a separate department, like casting department to do it. Mm. Uh, and also, there are some departments are different, and and what else? And the culture, mm. I think it's yeah. Of course, it's different. Yeah, too. how is it different? Um, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps it's less rush in Taiwan. Oh, really? Because Hong so Kong, so we're more a slower pace. Yeah, a little of? bit, a little bit slower. Uh-huh. Yeah, Hong Kong is too rushed. It's very, very rushed, and um, so maybe. I think Taiwan they have more time for people uh-huh. to care about <laughs> yeah. people, and um, the food is completely different. I think that yeah. that the really the lunch boxes are really good. <laughs> I I really have to say that I have to repeat that. <laughs> but do you miss Hong Kong food? Yeah, of course mm. that too. Mm. Uh, yeah, but can you find like? Just as good Hong Kong food here in Taiwan. Yeah, uh, I've I I you found a few. I found like a yum cha. Yeah, yum cha I know place. those uh, yum cha places, yeah. right? Dim sum places, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, I know. We can talk about that later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wow! And what else? What else um, about Taiwan that you you find different from Hong Kong? The pace is, of course, very different. Like, um, <laughs> my husband always talk, uh, we, we were talking about like the pace in Hong Kong. Um, we can experience the very different pace mm. from, uh, you know, the escalator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the escalators here are slower. Yeah, uh. much slower. <laughs> Sometimes when it, I when I have like there's one time I had a ride on an escalator and then I was like, oh. And then I was like looking at your watch. <laughs> I watch, okay, <laughs> that's slow. <laughs> but you know, I think that uh, if you decide to walk, you can walk on the left side, right? Up uh, the escalator. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. For those yeah. who rather just, you know, uh, stay, you know, like go slow, they're not in a rush, mm-hmm. they stay on the right side. But those who, ru- who are rushing, mm-hmm. they can stop walking yeah, on yeah. the left side yeah. of the escalator, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's. Um, actually, I think it's a good thing, especially for me. I'm like a very. You need to slow down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the person that really need to s- slow down. And then when I stay here in Taiwan, and then I think I'm more relaxed, oh, and it's good. good it's good. actually better. And um, uh, if I stay in Taiwan for long enough, and then when I go back, go back to, to Hong, Hong Kong. Kong, I feel, oh, wow, <laughs> that's fast. Like, I have to yeah. adjust myself. There's more stress there. Yeah, yeah. really, like, so okay. stressful. Wow. Yeah. So are you planning to make more movies in Taiwan, you think? I hope so, yeah. Mm. I, I'm actually, I have a story that's uh, happened happens in Taiwan. A true story? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I would like to, you know develop this story and then hopefully I can make this one in Taiwan all right well it was really great talking to you Doris thank you and good luck with everything that you're doing in Taiwan and thank you for having me again yes all right thank you Doris thank you
classic shorts, poems, and stories from Chinese literature. Hello and welcome to Classic Shorts. I am Natalie So. As we're enjoying spring weather, let us look back to the Tang Dynasty poet of Du Fu, a famous poet of his time, and what he wrote about the season. The first two poems are two parts of a Jiu series, or a series of quatrains, which are a pair of couplets, each with five to seven syllables of Chinese characters. The first one is called In Late Sun. The river and hills are beautiful. In Late Sun the river and hills are beautiful. The spring breeze bears the fragrance of flowers and grass. The mud has thawed, and swallows fly around. On the warm sand, mandarin ducks are sleeping. The second in that Jiu series is called The River's Blue, The Bird, A Perfect White. The River's Blue, The Bird, A Perfect White. The mountain green with flowers about to blaze. I've watched the spring pass away again. When will I be able to return? This last poem by Du Fu was written about his sentiments at night during springtime. It's called Spring Night in the Left Office. Flowers in Shadow palace wall at dusk. Chirping birds are flying back to roost. Stars move above the ten thousand doors. 
The moon is big, nearing the nine heavens. Not sleeping, I hear a golden key. In the wind, I think there are jade pendants. Tomorrow morning, I have to present a memorial. Again and again, I ask about the night. are some poems about spring from one of the most accomplished poets of the Tang Dynasty, Du Fu. Hope they help you appreciate the fleeting moments of this beautiful season. Thanks for tuning in to Classic Shorts. I'm Natalie So. to News Playlist. We've queued up some of the most interesting reports for you, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to News Playlist. I'm Paula Chow, the program host. It's that time of year again, plum rain season. Only it's not raining as much as people are expecting. Weather officials say an annual high-pressure weather system is very north this year, meaning storm fronts aren't quite forming over Taiwan. It's the middle of May, and the weather is hot, hot, hot. But wait a second, it should be raining this time of year. The annual plum rains are supposed to be showering all of Taiwan. What's going on? <laughs> 
Well, weather officials say there is rain, only not a lot of it, and certainly not as much as expected. They say that an annual high-pressure system is veering to the north this year, preventing storms from forming over Taiwan. Any rain that does come will be brief and limited to northern and eastern Taiwan. That's bad news considering Taiwan is going through its worst drought in decades. Officials are forecasting sunny conditions for the rest of the island. Not only that, but it's going to be hot, real hot. People are advised to keep their umbrellas on them, though not because of the rain, but rather the scorching sun. Leslie Liao, RTI News. A month after deadly train derailment in eastern Taiwan shook the nation, musicians in Hualien have gathered for a one-off performance. A string ensemble's mournful melody echoes around the concert hall in Hualien County. In attendance are rows upon rows of people, and all 600 of them played a part in the recovery process after last month's fatal train derailment. April 2nd saw Taiwan's worst train accident in decades, with a train derailment in Hualien leaving 49 dead and more than 200 injured. Thursday's performance was all about thanking ordinary citizens for their tireless efforts to help after the disaster. They include rescue workers, firefighters and funeral staff. Christian music group Thundertune was behind the event. Organizer Chen Shoushi explains. He says many people turned to alcohol to cope with trauma in the aftermath of the accident. Pastor Lin Wei Dao says it's about showing rescue workers that Christians care about them and are grateful for their help. The organizers hope the event can provide audience members with some comfort and draw others' attention to their heroic efforts. Stash Butler, RCI News. The Dragon Boat Festival is about a month away, but some people in central Taiwan are already making rice dumplings, which are associated with the holiday. This year, they have even added a new ingredient into the filling. This year, the Dragon Boat Festival falls on June 14th, but farmers associations in Yunlin County are already making rice dumplings, the signature food that is consumed on the holiday. Rice dumplings are made of glutinous rice stuffed with savory fillings and then wrapped in bamboo leaves before being steamed or boiled. Fillings can include peanuts, pork, mushrooms, taro, and chestnuts. But this year, the cooks are being adventurous and adding pineapples to the mix. That's because China has banned the imports of Taiwanese pineapples, and people across Taiwan are rallying to support pineapple farmers. The farmers' associations say they did not serve rice dumplings last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. This year, they will make an extra 10,000 rice dumplings, and they estimate that they will sell about 100,000 in total. Shirley Lin, RTI News. This is News Playlist, a weekly rundown of some of the most interesting news reports brought to you by RTI. Watch along on YouTube if you like, or close your eyes and enjoy these stories by way of sound. In Taiwan's metropolises, the night sky is often lost in the glare of the city lights. That has prompted the tour operators in Hualien County to offer a very special kind of expedition. Silvery moonlight glimmers across the sea's vast expanse, 
and one class of Hualien school children is on hand to give an impromptu ukulele concert. The county's whale-watching operators have begun offering stargazing tours of Hualien's coast, where there's not much light pollution. That comes ahead of May's lunar eclipse. Local government tourism planning boss Huang Xuquan explains. She says the new tours will give people the chance to admire the so-called blood moon on May 26th. And on June 6th, there'll be a special guided stargazing tour with astronomy experts on board. Local whale tour operator Liu Siming says people enjoy the night sky but don't realize that the different constellations relate to different aspects of our lives. The local government is working with businesses to create a variety of activities themed around stargazing. These include concerts and night photography classes. Authorities hope they can show people a little bit of moonlight magic. Stash Butler, RTI News. Industries across Taiwan are suffering from the ongoing drought, and it's no surprise that agriculture is one of them. But Scallion farmers in Yilan have it the other way. Their problem? Constant rain. Stuffed scallion buns sizzle in a layer of oil, and the cook's hands don't stop moving because these fried treats are in hot demand. One man says it's all about the filling. Sanxing scallions are the pride of Yilan's farmers. But while the rest of the country suffered drought, three months of non-stop rain in the northern county last year almost ruined their crop. Luckily, farmers in nearby Hualien County were on hand to help. They planted seedlings in their own fields. Growing conditions were ideal, but the process still tested the farmers' expertise. One farmer says you have to plant them upright with plenty of straw. Almost four months later, one ton of the crop is ready for harvest, with over 15 more tons on the way. Once checks for disease are completed, the seedlings will be ready to head back home. Stash Butler, RTI News. The collar scalp owl is an endangered species in Taiwan. Recently, a baby owl was discovered on the grounds of a park in Tainan, offering lucky passersby a good close-up look of the bird. A baby collared scopes owl was sighted at the Tainan Waterworks Museum. These small owls usually nest in natural tree hollows, but this one was found on the ground. Experts believe that the owlet was learning to fly but failed and ended up on the grass. When it was first discovered, it looked like it was taking a nap. It was standing right where it landed, with its head tilted to one side in a most adorable pose. Afraid that it might get hurt, the staff at the park first put it in a cardboard box before carefully taking it back to its home in a tree hollow above where it fell. The staff said it wasn't their first time seeing a collared scopes owl there. The rare owls are cute creatures, but people can't take them home, as they are an endangered species. Shirley Lin, RTI News. And that's all we have for this week's edition of News Playlist. For Radio Taiwan International, I'm Paula Chow. Bye-bye. RTI is conducting a survey. Visit our website to fill out the questionnaire or simply send us your answers to the following four questions. Question number one. 
What platform do you use to listen to RTI programs? You can write more than one, but list the most frequent one first. Question number two. Which RTI programs are your favorites? Write no more than three programs. Question number three. Out of a total of five stars, how many stars would you give RTI's English broadcasts overall? And question number four. What are your suggestions for RTI's English programs? Everybody who enters will have a chance to win a prize. Send your answers to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan, 11199. Or send it via email. Our email address is audience01 at rti.org.tw. That's audience and the numbers 0 and 1 at rti.org.tw. Be sure to leave your name, gender, age, and nationality. Hey, what are those buttons on RTI's new website for? Those are for Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. You can share RTI content with the click of a button. You mean like this? Yep, just like that. Visit english.rti.org.tw. We became an independent nation in 1983 on September 19th. And Taiwan was the first country to establish diplomatic relations with the Federation of St. Kitts and Nevis after we became independent. It was, uh, I think, the first week in October when that happened. Hello and welcome to this week's Online brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wang. Taiwan and St. Kitts and Nevis have forged diplomatic ties since 1983, not long after St. Kitts and Nevis became independent. The relations were further enhanced with the opening of the Embassy of St. Kitts and Nevis in Taiwan in January of 2008. St. Kitts and Nevis, also known as the Federation of St. Christopher and Nevis, is a two-island country in the Eastern Caribbean Sea. The ambassador of St. Kitts and Nevis to ROC Taiwan, Ambassador Jasmine Huggins, said both Taiwan and St. Kitts and Nevis have worked in various areas of cooperation, citing the example of the area of education. She said there were only 10 students from St. Kitts and Nevis studying in Taiwan 10 years ago, but today the number has increased to slightly more than 50. And our guest today is the Ambassador of St. Kitts and Nevis, Ambassador Jasmine Huggins, who currently serves as the Dean of the Diplomatic Corps here in Taiwan. Ambassador Huggins, the last time we had an interview that was quite a few years ago, we talked about the bilateral relations. And now I think it's also very important to give an update to listeners worldwide um, on the bilateral relations between Taiwan and St. Kitts and Nevis since the establishment of the diplomatic relations in 1983. Could you briefly tell us um, how the relations have grown? Sure. Um, well, uh, just to start with a little background, we became an independent nation in 1983 on September 19th, and um, Taiwan was the first country to establish diplomatic relations with the Federation of St. Kitts and Nevis after we became independent. It was, uh, I think, the first week in October when that happened. And uh, coincidentally, it was uh, former President Li Dongwei who 
made the overtures to the new government and uh, uh, former President uh, Li Zhengwei was the one who uh, established our diplomatic relations. And coincidentally, when he was uh, buried, when we were invited to his funeral, it was on September 19th last year. So it was very poignant for me to attend that service for him on that day. It was it was very special. It was a moving service, but it was particularly special for me and for our government because uh, on that day we became independent and he was the one who established diplomatic relations. But having said that, um, with, with my country, having said that, we definitely have uh, strengthened the relationship in the ensuing years. Uh, we have had more people-to-people exchanges. We have had uh, deeper and more relevant government contacts. And uh, the, with the establishment of the embassy, of course, we have done more in, together, uh, Taiwan and St. Kitts and Nevis, to make sure that this relationship grows even stronger. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, with the uh, establishment of the diplomatic relations, uh, it also comes. It also comes with a lot of uh, cooperative projects, and uh, I know that there's been so many projects uh, involving the cooperation between Taiwan and Saint Kitts and Nevis. Uh, first, can we start with uh, some of the projects? Uh, for example agricultural technology, education, culture, and public health, for example, or even ICT. Mm. We're very happy to have had the opportunity to work with Taiwan in several of these areas. And that's why Taiwan is so special to us, because it it touches almost every part of our daily lives, from agriculture, ICT, education. And let me just speak about the education for a moment, which Mm. is the scholarship program that we have with Taiwan. When I came here in 2007, I remember the Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, uh, coordinated a meeting with the then foreign minister and myself with the students, and there were 10, around 10 at that time. And now I'm quite pleased to say that because of the establishment of the embassy and the strong relationship between our two countries. We have had more students being interested in coming to Taiwan to study. And so today I can tell you that there are more than 50 students who are now currently in Taiwan. And I can also tell you that every year the demand for Taiwan scholarship far exceeds the number of places that are available to St. Kitts and Nevis. So on the education side, Taiwan has become a very popular place to study. And it's because of the warmth and the the comfort that the the warmth of the people and the comfort and safety of Taiwan, that's why so many of the young people would wish to come here to study. And of course, because those who have studied and have gone back have said such wonderful things about Taiwan. And even today, some who've returned for maybe about six, seven years, they would still post things on their social media accounts about uh, their time in Taiwan. So that also encouraged other persons to want to come to study here. This is Radio Taiwan International. In the agricultural sector, we, of course, have an agro-processing 
a plant where Taiwan has helped us to take our products, to turn them into something that anyone can use as a business uh, to make sure that they can be exported, perhaps. And in fact, in June, we'll be participating in the food fair and uh, we're considering maybe having some of those products be part of what we would be exhibiting. We're not sure yet, but because we have to look at the quantity that will be available, but that is something. So from uh, this simple project in working with us to have an agro-processing farm, we can then now translate that into something where people can possibly have a business where it's exported to Taiwan. In ICT, uh, St. Kitts and Nevis has been uh, steadily improving their ability to uh, go into the information technology sector, and Taiwan has helped. And now uh, I was told that uh, they're helping the young people with coding. So that's very important, especially in, in this time where We've seen how important uh, the internet has become for us, mm -hmm. in especially given what has occurred in, in 2020. So um, persons are now looking at the way in which they can parlay their knowledge of coding, internet, YouTubing to a, a viable business. So that's another another area in which uh, we've received a lot of help from. So there that covers actually a broad uh, spectrum of uh, what you just mentioned earlier. For example, I think um, education. I'm just amazed that you know, starting with around ten students uh, more than ten years ago until today. Uh, more than 50 students you know yeah, yeah, whether with the promotion of the embassy or a word of mouth uh, of the students who graduated from Taiwan yeah. uh, this is a large increase it is it is and we're very happy we wish it could be more and we've, we're you know always advocating for more so if anyone out there is listening uh, from the government yes we would love to have more scholarship opportunities for, for our citizens but um uh, be, having the embassy here, I think uh, persons felt comfortable uh, knowing that if something happens, they have a place yeah. to turn to. So that that definitely was a big plus in making sure that uh, we do get more interest in, in the scholarship program. What do most of the students major in? You know, it is so varied. I am myself surprised. It can be anything from uh, engineering. In fact, in fact, I think when uh, the students... When we met the students first, a lot of them were in uh, mass communication but in journalism. But now it's gone from architecture to engineering to hospitality to agriculture to even medicine. So it, it has really blossomed into something so much more than I think uh, we imagined. And we're very happy for that because we need uh, our citizens, the students, to come back and to help in all sectors uh, mm -hmm. for to, to, to develop Sankis Nevis. Well, that's very good news, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, one area, I guess, um, especially now faced with uh, COVID-19, uh, which is very important, uh, that's uh, the public health uh, sector. Yes. How's the cooperation in this area, Ambassador? Well, well, uh, Taiwan was uh, a very, very important partner for us. And I think uh, Taiwan helped us to... Um, 
to to overcome this pandemic uh, much better than many of the countries around the world, developed countries around the world. Uh, they provided uh, technical assistance. I remember they had a um, Zoom call with all of the mm. stakeholders in many different countries in the Caribbean and Latin America to show us what time was able to do. Uh, and this was in the beginning. And so we were able to use some of the information that we received at that uh, time to tailor it to our needs. So we were able to ensure that in following the Taiwan model, we did the quarantining properly, we did the contact tracing properly, and, and this was as a result of Taiwan sharing their experiences with us. And also Taiwan sent uh, PPEs. Uh, some companies were so very generous, private companies. Uh, they sent uh, thermometers, um, they, the standalone thermometers, the handheld thermometers. Some private companies also donated PPEs. So not only the government, but the private sector really came through to assist the countries in the Caribbean and particularly St. Kitts and Nevis. Mm -hmm. I can speak for St. Kitts and Nevis. Mm -hmm. So we got a tremendous amount of help. Uh, from Taiwan, and yes, Taiwan can help, and Taiwan did help. Mm -hmm. So and, uh, we were very happy to partner with how, them. How is how is your government coping with uh, COVID nineteen uh, so far? Well, we we actually uh, had to lock down the country in the beginning because one of the cases that and all of, most of the cases were imported. I think all of them uh, came back, and um, they were quarantined. But uh, they had already been exposed. They had already exposed some other people. So we went from two cases to six cases to eight cases in a relatively short space of time. So the government took the decision to just shut down the country, like 24-hour lockdown for about two to three weeks. That was very difficult for people, of course, as you can well imagine. Mm -hmm. But after that, um, they learned and uh, how to manage it. And so they slowly opened up. But one thing that we did, which I think was quite effective in holding it at bay in that is that we uh, had closed our borders. And we recently opened our borders. In March, we closed them and we recently opened them in the end of October. So for many, many uh, months, uh, commercial flights were not allowed to come into St. Kitts and Nevis. Of course, citizens were allowed to come back on their own, uh, using charter flights, etc., and they would have had to have gone through the protocols that were established by our task force. And um, also, I must commend the people of St. Kitts and Nevis because they followed the law, they followed what the task force said, the government procedures, protocols, etc. We made mask wearing mandatory. You were fined if you were caught outside mm -hmm. without a mask, and it was enforced. So, and but the public really responded very, very well. So to date, we have a, a total of 44 cases. Most were imported, if not all were imported, and uh, no deaths. So, but we have reopened our borders, and occasionally we would have uh, some cases coming in, especially if they come from uh, North America. I think we have closed our borders once again to Great Britain and Brazil. 
So we've uh, been very careful in how we have uh, managed the, the pandemic. So we are one of the countries have done relatively well. And that was the first part of our interview with the ambassador of St. Kitts and Nevis, Ambassador Jasmine Huggins, who concurrently serves as the Dean of the Diplomatic Corps here in Taiwan. And that's it for this week's Online, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Time goodbye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In Southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in Southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.